Got it. All right. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Two Moms and Some Labels. Two Moms and Some Labels is a platform for parents and caregivers caring for a child with a disability to come together in a shared space to network, commune, and just share and gain ideas on how to persevere through challenging times. My name is Brittany, and today we are talking about ABA. We are talking about everything behavioral today. And I have a special guest with me that is going to share her wonderful business here in Northeast Florida with everyone. So I'm going to let her take it away and introduce herself. Thank you, Brittany, for that lovely introduction. Thanks for having me. My name is Mallory Serapin, and I am a BCBA and the founder of Transitions Behavior Services uh, here in good old Clay County. We're actually located in Middleburg, um, but we serve Clay and Duval and surrounding areas. So, Oh, wow, awesome. Okay, so... If you guys are in Clay, because I know I've been seeing a lot of posts about, uh, you know, ABA um, businesses that are mm -hmm. around in the area, especially over in Clay County or Orange Park, you know, in the Orange Park area also. So if you are there, you know, all you have to do is take that new interstate that's been up for a little while mm -hmm. um, <laughs> and be able to get over there to Middleburg or just drive all the way down Blanding. And uh, it's not really that far of a drive. So there you go here in Clay County and serving surrounding areas, transitions, mm -hmm. behavior services. Yes, so, um, Mallory, can you tell us a little bit about how you got into this field? Um, back when dinosaurs roamed the earth. Oh. No, um, <laughs> I've been in the field for about 16 years. Um, and I just always had a heart for helping. And it was actually when I was volunteering in my church nursery in undergrad at Florida State, go Knowles. Um, there was an individual that was the first non-speaking child that I had worked with. And uh, I was told she had a diagnosis of autism. And I thought I need to know more about this. And I was never able at first to comfort her and parents would leave to go to the sanctuary and you know she just would have a meltdown and then there was this one finally the one day that she looked to me like locked eyes with me and I was like that comfort person for her I was sold I was like okay I need to know <laughs> I need to know what to do I need to know you know avenues of help I need to know how to connect better and uh so I took some undergrad courses in ABA therapy while at Florida State. Um, but I wasn't wanted, I wasn't sure I wanted to <laughs> pigeonhole myself into just one specific field. Went to grad school for counseling, didn't like it, dropped out, um, started nannying, oddly enough, for a beautiful little girl with Down syndrome who went to ABA therapy. And by taking her to ABA, I was introduced to some BCBAs and uh, it just kind of morphed into what are you doing after summer vacation is over? And I thought, I have no idea. I'm glad you asked me. <laughs> and so I, that was like my first, uh, my first role in ABA. 
Uh, and then since then went back for coursework and then a master's degree. So I still ended up exactly where I thought I wanted to be. I just took the longer route. <laughs> yeah, that happens uh, sometimes, right? Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't want to pigeonhole myself in, into that. And then, yeah, here, here we are. <laughs> I, I should have just trusted my gut, but yeah. Awesome. <laughs> so how long has transitions behavior services been established or how long have, have they been open? So my company is new. Uh, I finally decided to strike out on my own in March of this year. Um, I had had enough of kind of working under other companies yeah. and just, I just knew I wanted to do things a certain way that I wasn't seeing them done in other places. Um, I actually focus also on like the foster care population uh, yeah. as an adoptee myself, that's near and dear to my heart. So that's part of the, the, the reason I used the name transitions was you know, into foster care, sometimes between homes, you know, different placements within foster care and then reunification, lots of transitions. So, um, oh my goodness. Wow. That is awesome. And I know there's a lot of, you know, foster families out there. Uh, we actually just had one of our school members have adoption day yesterday. So Aww, yay! <laughs> uh, they were really super excited about that. Um, so that is so awesome that you are serving that community. And it, I think it's very important too, that when you go into a field that you are able to focus on a specific group, mm -hmm. knowing that you have the experience and the knowledge of dealing with that specific group. And then especially with you experiencing it yourself, I think that makes it even more special and, um, you know, being able to connect with the families more mm -hmm. because you have experienced it yourself. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. It just, it felt right. And I thought, you know, I'm going to go for it. So <laughs> yeah. I did. And here we are. And I mean, there's a whole certain level of, you know, being kind of trauma informed. There's a lot that, that comes with foster care and, and behavioral issues that come up as a result of, you know, it, it may not even be a diagnosis necessarily of, you know, autism, which is kind of where ABA is typically found, you know, strictly mm -hmm. autism, um, and developmental disabilities, but there are trauma-based behaviors too. So it's yeah. definitely a niche, but we serve anybody also. I will say that it's not, not foster care only. That's just right. kind of the focus. So, yeah. So what age groups do you service? So we serve from infancy. I mean, as soon as, you know, somebody suspects something might be a little bit off. Um, so one-year-olds uh, all the way up through, ultimately it depends on the insurance and funding source, of course. Some of them cut off early. Um, you know, I've also worked with in geriatrics <laughs> Oh, wow. And I, I still currently serve uh, one facility that is, uh, it's, there are some younger people, but it's for more medically 
fragile um, mm-hmm. adults that are dually uh, diagnosed with uh, IDDD as well as their medical um, concerns. So uh, up to, you know, babies to 90s, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I uh, took coursework to become a certified dementia practitioner as well um, as kind of a passion project. My mom's side of the family uh, has been incredibly drastically affected by dementia of different forms. So that was a little passion project as well. Uh, I would kind of, yeah. And it was a break from pediatrics for a little bo- uh, for a little while yeah. for me, just because I had my three children in under four years and I had so much peds at home, you know? <laughs> yeah. That can be so, so hard. <laughs> yeah. Like, let me switch it up a bit. So yeah. <laughs> wow. So what do individuals or families have to do in order to be able to start receiving services with you? Um, Typically, they need to get a diagnosis. Uh, I know that families can be apprehensive about that, but as I always will say, hey, you can lose a label later. What you can't do is make up time Mm -hmm. lost. So um, a referral from a physician if you want to go through insurance, uh, some people private pay that's, you know, you can jump in immediately with that. Uh, really, you just need to call, call me. (laughs) We'll we'll figure it out based on, uh, individual situations. So, so do you only take uh, insurance and private pay? Are there any type of scholarships? What is the form of payments that can be accepted? are yes insurance we're um in network with tricare cigna etna some medicaids that's always all that is changing as well with their upcoming uh switch and manage care plans but anyway uh step up for students is another one so there's the scholarship uh, formerly Gardner, PLSA. It's had so many different names, uh, but parents will know what that means. Uh, we are a step up for students, unique abilities provider mm-hmm. also. And so how long are sessions typically, or does that depend on each individual uh, it child does or adult? On each individual. Yeah. Everything's catered to the needs of the individual uh, things that we would consider, you know, certainly age, we're not going to have a two-year-old with, uh, you know, let's do five hours, mm-hmm. um, especially starting off. So how long has therapy been going on? You know, you never want to make it aversive from jump, right? Yeah. <laughs> Ideally, you never want to make it aversive at all. Uh, kids should be excited to see you not Oh, you know, um, so it does depend just again, age, how much we have to work on, how long therapy has been going on. And I do prefer to kind of like dip the toes in and ease into it a little bit. Um, I would say on average, anywhere from, you know, two at the max, probably six in my experience has been kind of where things sit once we're established yeah 
And then we didn't even talk about what the purpose or the benefits of ABA are, because I know that uh, I remember one time my child, she was at a daycare and her ABA therapist would come to the daycare. And then the daycare is like, should a child be in therapy that long? I mean, that's a long time for therapy. That's a lot for them. Why are they in therapy that long? And I'm just like, we have had this therapy for four years at the same time, all the time. She's fine. And it's not that type of therapy. Right, so, right. If you can <laughs> explain. It looks like playing. I mean, that's how it should present, you know, especially with, with little ones. So, you know, we're applied. So real life settings, like mm -hmm. daycare, home, school, community, um, you know, the behavior, the, so the A, applied, B, behavior. We're decreasing some, we're increasing others analysis we are data driven so that's why we graph things and we can look at trends that are happening and know whether an intervention is effective or not um but yeah i mean we basically use reinforcement to maintain and increase those desired behaviors and replacement behaviors which are, are what take the place of the maladaptive behaviors. So, uh, stuff that's socially significant also. So for example, you know, if somebody is non-speaking, we would address the maladaptive behavior of punching somebody for attention and maybe work on tapping somebody on the shoulder instead, mm -hmm. because that's a pretty socially significant behavior going around punching people. So, you know, things like that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's, you know, increasing the desired behaviors while hopefully as those increase, the maladaptive behaviors drop off. Um, and I tend to have kind of a more holistic approach in the sense of, you know, the whole family. Uh, I, we In home and community, we actually, we don't have a clinic at this okay. point. Um, and so, you know, we go where the problem behaviors are. So we're not limited to a certain setting, which is nice. Yeah. Uh, where, you know, parents I've heard so many times, well, I can't even go to the grocery store. Well, guess where we're going? <laughs> you know, right. we're going straight to the grocery store. Let's see what this looks like. And let's, you know, develop a plan to make it functional enough for you to be able to, to be able to stop at the store on the way home and grab something. It's, you know, a lot of times it seems like little things, but those are big things in life when, you know, it's mm -hmm. the inability to just, oh, I got to run home and drop yeah. him or her off. And then I can run back out. And right. then you know, we need to just be able to do what we need to do <laughs> to function yeah. in daily life as families too. So. So are you able to go into the school system to service kids? No, that is... <laughs> it's its own thing. Um, I have connections uh, here in Clay County. Uh, it's still pretty limited. Uh, there was legislature passed that it seemed like was going to eliminate some of those barriers. Mm -hmm. I have not seen them eliminated yet, but uh, we can definitely get in at least to observe 
and give some feedback. You know, the district analyst is really great. I've met with her in a few IEP meetings and such. Um, Duval County in the process of getting clearance back there uh, because in my time away from pediatrics, I I let that lapse, unfortunately. Um, So hopefully in the near future, uh, that will be an option again. And it also kind of varies school to school. I'll say that, that some schools are more open, some not so much. So there's a lot of factors involved with that private schools are a breeze generally speaking so <laughs> yeah so i yeah because i know that have has been a really major issue and concern for a lot of parents trying to get services in the school system uh mm-hmm. for for their children and you know hopefully it is something that can get resolved or you know open up a little bit more on the flexibility of that because it can be really hard for the student themselves Mm -hmm. and then the teacher and the other children in the class. And we're not letting the children be their best when they are not able to have the services that they maybe typically get outside of school and in the process of trying to assist a family. And that is the purpose of, like you said, the analytics of it to be able to collect that data, monitor Mm -hmm. the behaviors and see where the change, you know, where you can make changes or try Mm -hmm. to get those changes started. And just like when you are starting um, something new, you know, you want to work out and you have to do it for like two weeks straight for it to become something that, you know, you're used to doing. Mm -hmm. So if the child is just getting broken sessions here and there, and it's not able to go everywhere the child is where the behavior right. and then it makes it really hard to you know accomplish the goals for that child and Absolutely. help the teacher out as well right <laughs> at the end of the day it's it, it makes the whole day easier for everybody involved so it seems yeah. it seems like you know a no brainer to let us in there and it's so much on teachers i'll say they have yeah. so much going on already you know, for us to request that they take, you know, frequency data on certain behaviors. Mm-hmm. I mean, meanwhile, they've got how many kids in their class? Mm-hmm. And if it's, you know, a self-contained class, how many behaviors per kid? How many, uh, you know, it's just that that would be a full-time job outside of just teaching in some classrooms, you know? Right. So it, it seems it seems like it would make it certainly easier on all parties and that consistency across environments, making sure things generalize. That's another huge component to ABA that we focus on because if you can do this one skill for one person in one location, mm-hmm. that's not very functional. Yeah. Um, you know, just to give an example, I, I knew a kiddo years ago who toilet training had happened in the downstairs bathroom of the home. And that was the only bathroom the child would use. Mm. And was only, you know, go upstairs. We were no longer toilet trained, leave the house. We're no, and it's like, okay, yeah. yeah. Generalization, generalization matters. So yes, it needs to happen in school too. 100%. 
And so I think the big question that everyone wants to know is, are you accepting clients right now? Because I know it's been hard for a lot of parents to find a place, an ABA facility to be able to take their child. There's waiting lists and everything like that. So are you accepting new clients? We absolutely are. And there is no wait list. So we keep, I keep hearing this, you know, <laughs> from moms who are, oh, my friend's on this wait list, a wait list with two different places. I'm like, what? Yeah. Call me. Yeah. <laughs> Here's my card. Let's go. Uh, yeah. So, and that, you know, there's such a need and I know Duval has more access in terms of providers, but I can tell you out here this way in Middleburg, not so much. There's not, there's not many yeah. of us out here at all, yeah. especially, you know, if you get deeper into, you know, Clay County, Green Cove, mm -hmm. you know, there's even less. So, <laughs> so do you service like the Keystone Heights area? Yes, we will happily drive that way. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, there's a lot out that way. So a lot of families, if you are out there, I know it seems like the middle of nowhere too, for a lot of those families and they're like, where can I go? So right. that's definitely. And then you come to them. We come to he you. You don't have to, to go anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that is a plus right there. Mm -hmm. And so if families want to get in contact with you, how can they reach you? Um, they can give us a call at 904-738-4148. Um, they can check out our website, which is transitionsbehaviorservices.com, or they can just shoot me an email, Mallory, M-A-L-L-O-R-Y, at transitionsbehaviorservices.com, and let me know what their needs are. Awesome. And I know too, also um, one last question. Do you have a suggestion or any uh, ideal places where parents can go and receive um, the evaluation for their child to be able to start services? If um, I, for that? So I know, um, what is it? Foundational Pediatrics, Dr. Jill Driest, uh she is in St. John's County and Dr. Barb McDougal, she's got a location here in Clay County. She's phenomenal. Um, actually diagnosed a family member of mine. So um, those are the, the main two that tend to not have those ridiculous wait lists I hear about. Um from some other places where, you know, families are on a wait list for a year and a half to get a diagnosis. Meanwhile, their child's not going to be getting any necessary services while they're just right. waiting. And I cannot imagine the frustration that must in involve for some families, you know, just going, I know something's a little right. off here. We could really use the help, but and a well, year is a lot of time. 18 months. Yeah. yeah. And that those early years are critical. I mean, that's yeah. why we focus so much on the early intervention, you know, and that, that window 
you know, to, to feel that closing as you know, you've got another year and a half to wait, just, oh, that rips my heart out. So I would. And, And, um, if you guys are in Duval County, or even if you're in clay and you don't mind the drive, there's also Jacksonville neuroclinical psychology group also, and I'm not sure if they have a wait list right now. I know when I talked to them previously, they did not. They were new in the Northeast That's Florida right. area. Yes, they were at Shop uh, Talk. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, they are another one, too. And, um, you know, just if you if you have the, the concern or thought that, you know, something may be going on with your child or, you know, behaviors and they don't seem like normal behaviors, please do not be afraid to reach out and get help, ask for help, get the services you need for your child, um, you know, to try and help you for your mental health also as a parent and your child is so important that we do not ignore the signs um, of, you know, from our children. And Mm -hmm. it's okay to get help. And like Mallory said, you know, you can't get back time, but you can change, you know, a behavior or a diagnosis just because your child has been given this diagnosis or saying this, they can't do this, this, this time, this day or what have you. That doesn't mean that down the road that might change and they might be able to do that in the future. Anything is possible when you get the help and the services. It does not define them. Absolutely. Yeah. So the watch and wait. No, I'm sorry. (laughs) I, I, I have heard so many families tell me that that's, well, you know, the pediatrician just said, you know, watch and wait, keep an eye on, uh, uh, nope. Get another opinion. (laughs) Yes, please. If you think something's off, you know, the ages and stages questionnaires, which are available online are very helpful. They're the things that pediatricians go over at all, you know, baby well checks. Um, that's a great tool to kind of gauge where things are and to, to see like, oh, okay, we should be doing that, but we're not yeah. quite yet. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Let me reach out to somebody because yeah, you, I know of individuals that have lost the, the label, uh, diagnostically, but you know, yeah, you don't get the, the time back. We can't rewind. So, <laughs> yes. So don't let a diagnosis define you or a behavior define your child. There's plenty of places to help and transition behavior services is here to assist and help you and your family. They come to you. So please reach out to Mallory and make that connection so that you guys can be able to start making changes today. And I just want to thank Mallory so much for coming on and sharing all this great information about Transitions Behavior Services. And I'm so excited for any families that might start services and start seeing changes. I am just, you know, hoping that this service or services will be able to help you and your family in the long run. I know it will because we have done ABA. We keep, we are still doing it today and it has made a significant impact on my child and our family. So that's awesome um, to hear. I love that. (laughs) I will mention too, um, 
so one of our RBTs is also a registered nurse. So if there's, you know, medically complex uh, kiddos that, you know, some, I've seen some G tube stuff, you know, Mm -hmm. anything that, you know, if if that's adds a level of comfort, obviously nursing services aren't provided because that's not the scope in which they're there. But just if that's comforting to a parent, I just want that to be out there too. So, and and even a lot of times too, these therapists, they become family. Like ours has been with us for almost five years now. Mm -hmm. So, you know, like you said, it's not the job scope. She's like, I'll start her feeding. I'll uh, flush her G tube out. I'll change (laughs) her diaper. So, Mm -hmm. Hey, they become family and um, I can't be any more thankful for that um, with, you know, ABA being able to come into our life and be a second uh, help for us. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm glad. I'm so glad to hear what a wonderful experience you've had. That's yeah. phenomenal. <laughs> so uh, thank you again, everybody for tuning in to another episode of two moms and some labels. Thank you, Mallory, for coming on again and sharing this information, taking the time out of your day and make sure that you guys reach out you can visit her website, give her a call, send an email. Um, you have Facebook? I do. I, okay. I do. Forgot, Go on Facebook. forgot about that one. <laughs> yeah, Facebook. Go on Facebook. Yeah. Like her page. I'm sure you can probably find information there also. So mm-hmm. please reach out on social media, website, email, call. And thank you again, guys, for tuning in on another episode of Two Moms and some labels. Until then, we will see you next time. Thank you so much. Thank you.